Hello, walk stars. Welcome to another episode of This Morning Walk. Today we have one of my favorite people on the planet with us on the pod, Eduardo Garcia, an extraordinary outdoorsman, incredible chef, very tender heart and wise human. Um, we hear all sorts of wonderful stories from Eduardo about what his walks have looked like over the course of his life. Thank you for joining us. Blind Nil Audio. I'm Alex L. I'm Libby Delena. Welcome to this Morning Walk podcast. <laughs> okay, I hear you pouring tea. Are you pouring tea, Eduardo? Yeah, I'm totally pouring tea. <laughs> what kind of tea? <laughs> I knew you would ask. Uh, my friend Levia has a biodynamic farm, and this one is called a Golden Roots Relief. And I'm trying to pay more attention to my joints and how to feel like the Superman I am every day. And so it has turmeric, ginger, licorice, mullein, and oat straw. Mm. Okay, so Alex makes her own teas, too. I do. It's my favorite. And I think I have or had a teapot like that you just held up. Where'd you get that from? You know, part of the great things about getting married is uh, all these new things show up. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's sort of like Christmas every day around here. There's always things coming and going. We're a genuine bona fide marketplace. I'm sure my husband would say the same thing. I have affinity for Etsy and small artisan makers. So I'm sure maybe me and your wife shop at the same places. (laughs) Okay. So this moment is kind of blowing my mind right now. Two people I love so much, so much. So the fact that we're all in conversation with me, I just sort of feel like I, I feel like I want to go take a walk and get my, get my shit together. <laughs> but um, Alex meet Eduardo, Eduardo meet Alex, and um, Eduardo, thank you for for joining us. Absolutely. I think of one of my favorite people in the world to walk with, and it's you. We, you and I, have been on some incredible walks together in a variety of locations around the planet. But we met 10 years ago at a beautiful spot on this planet in Hopland, California, something mm-hmm. called the Do Lectures. You were cooking. Uh, I was volunteering. And I, I mean, the truth of the matter is I, we fell in love. That's the bottom line. <laughs> and um, have stayed in touch and been essential parts of each other's lives uh, mm. from there on out. And uh, so I'm really, I'm really happy that you're joining us today. And so thank you. So will you tell everybody a little bit about who you are? I don't really, I don't really love doing bios for somebody else because <laughs> I feel like there's a certain integrity that comes when you talk about yourself. Mm. Would you do that in a few sentences for us? Who's Eduardo? Sure. I am a serialized uh, creative. My, I often resonate the most in cultivating um, places and um, places of doing, um, being. And I also operate quite significantly in a dream type place capacity. I'm fairly grounded. I drive the speed limit. I pay my taxes. I do lots of those things. 
And I also recognize there's just a ton of potential when your thought process and being and doing are not just right here in industry and career and self, but rather like just what's all this out here? What's the abundance is like one of the primary draws to come share with everybody is just walking puts me into a much larger ecosystem at the first step. And so I do a lot of that. I do a lot of just dreaming big. I always say it's cheap, it's easy, it's free. And then I try to stay grounded and remember, just drive the speed limit, pay my taxes. <laughs> and I, um, I'll embellish a little bit. Um, Eduardo is, I would say, one of the finest outdoor chefs around. I've certainly had many of your meals and they're extraordinary. You and I have also worked on some projects where we're out photographing in the backcountry and doing all sorts of yeah. uh, wild, wild things. Um, but I, w- <laughs> why are you shaking your head? No, I, I'm just going <laughs> to jump in because I dodged okay. your question. And now I realize <laughs> I dodged your question by just being so stoked <laughs> to be here. And yet, you know, for everyone listening, I apologize. Um, I, I, if in the physical work as an executive producer in the food storytelling space, I feel it's, it was a natural segue from being um, a cook and a chef since I was 15. So I spent over 20 some odd years um, longer now, yeah, professionally cooking and feeding people. And so I often see myself as a bit of a gastronome CEO ecologist. So I, I work my a CEO of my companies, uh, which is also where our paths cross, Libby. We have definitely walked quite literally through. Um, you're a storyteller. You're a terrific storyteller, and you've done that as a career in an agency, and, and that's also where we've worked. So I am a working professional with a sincere love and interest of the natural world. And so whether it's hunting truly or metaphorically, um, I live quite a hungry life, and everyone asks, "You look so busy." And I always say, "Well, well, recently I've come to true up on this. I, I'm as busy as I make myself, genuinely, which I love. I'm coming to love more." Mm-hmm. How has um, food walked you closer to yourself? I'm curious what you've learned over the past twenty plus mm-hmm. years about feeding people getting into people's bodies quite literally. You know, when we think of food and gathering and community, one of the first things I think about is gathering at a table, having tea, breaking bread, passing dishes. So I'm curious what you've learned about yourself over the years. Mm. Through food, I I say that, um, you know, it's been a bit of a recipe for life in no one's going to walk it for you quite literally. No one walks for you. And my earliest memory of food was, uh, there's the ones you remember and the ones you remember because you saw the picture of yourself as a kid. So I know I like oatmeal because I've seen the picture of me with the oats on my head and my <laughs> twin brother with the oats, not on his head. And I like oats, you know, um, they were cheap and cheerful and abundantly nutritious. And I love my mom for serving it. Uh, but the, really the first meal that I remember or the way that I, my memory with food starts, Alex, is uh, is recognizing that I am connected to it, right? And so mm-hmm. it would have to be see, like catching a trout or, har- har- like, you know, to be very blunt with everybody, you know, killing, taking the life of a rabbit 
and then looking at your friends at eight and saying, well, what do we do now? We saw this in a, a show or, you know, we've heard the word hunting. And so there was some early stage mentorship. We had food every day. Don't I mean, like this is what we did in our exploratory of self time with the woods as our suburban backdrop. And what I recognized is it's like, well, you're definitely not going to do this just for the fun of ending life. Like, so I recognized mm-hmm. early on that food was life, I guess, is what I'm trying to share. And life is death. And it is all part of the soup. You know, you can't have the soup without the pot to hold the soup. So now as a chef, this is a really intimate relationship. And I am more conduit, more alchemist, more listener, cultivator than I really am uh, anything else in this. Like I, my service is to listen. My action of service is to then see where I can move those resources in the most abundant way, even if it's just pizza. Right. But one if it's pizza for the world, one if it's so my relationship with food has been a little of that. You know, it's um, there's years I don't hunt because I don't need to. You know, I am grateful to have spent that time in excess and given what I can and will. And um, so I spend a lot of time thinking of food as equity for our internal pieces because uh, I can't help but get off that mark anymore. So right now it's really a lighthouse. Food is a lighthouse for me. From an elemental point of view, because that's how it is for everybody, I can not even assume. I think that's the facts, Jax, if you're walking, talking like us every day. Um, so the conscious choice, the thoughtful position of resource, that's where my relationship is now, is I'm really trying to work in that orchestration with others. I can't lift this on my own. So when getting an opportunity to do something like this, it's, you know, coming with my place and being open to where can we take this together? And that's really where my relationship is these days with food as the common ground. Mm, I love that. I love that. Eduardo, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one walk in particular, but um, is there a walk in the last 20, 15 years that um, was most profound for you, most impactful, most insightful, most transformative? Is there a place that uh, a walk led you someplace you didn't expect to be and go? Yeah, for sure. Yes, uh, many. And by orders of importance, they are all important. Um, I'd say two, one more of an internal journey an internal walk, one more of an outward journey. I'm not sure one was the big brother or sister to the other, but <laughs> by order of nature, the, you know, I, uh, there's so much to this and, <laughs> um, I am just self-absorbed by detail. I, I just, it's sort of an effervescence for me. <laughs> it like brings mm-hmm. me momentum wouldn't to just pay attention. And because of how I'm built and am, I, I do that while walking, talking, moving. It can ha- I don't have to be stationary to have that ability to observe. They, they can happen anywhere. So when I have an intention, I really am bound to discover that intention to the fault, to the flaw, to the, mm. to the limiting factor in, in a real honorable sense when you talk about limit. Because like limit's not a bad thing. Like I think it can get thrown around a little, a lot. To not be limited, especially as an amputee, like all the headlines be unlimited. I'm like, okay, I love that. And yet 
don't beat the cliff down for being the cliff. Just go around <laughs> or climb up it or learn to fly or figure it out, but don't break the cliff down for being the cliff, right? And so with food, I borrowed, now I'm going to bring it down to earth. I borrowed a bunch of elk meat to do a wedding for a Montana and my old climbing roommate from college who wanted elk on his menu. And, you know, I ended up borrowing it from friends that had it. I'll return it. The wedding happened. Now I'm in the process of trying to return this product and you don't go to the grocery store and buy an elk. You have to go out to the OG grocery store and get the elk. <laughs> and in doing so, I found myself in a moment, I'll put into context for everybody, but I'm looking at microgreens when really I should be giving back a whole head of romaine, you know, it's just the wrong animal. By, by composition, this is the intimacy of knowing what you're out to get. And, and, you know, I'm looking at a big male elk that is not the one that was given to me. And so I don't execute on that or try to. And I keep hiking that day. And most have questioned that in the hunting space. Like, Why didn't you just do that? End your hunt right there. And, well, I wasn't in the market for that guy, that one. And furthering my walk up the hill, I encountered a dead baby black bear in a metal can which is not uncommon to find detritus and remnant mining sheep camp material in our wilderness and national forest areas globally. And in the, I'm talking about the Rocky Mountain West specific Southwest Montana. And little did I know that when I went to collect a claw off that bear, that an arc of 2,400 volts from the base of that can, which served as a junction box, little known to me would arc to my knife. And then enter and exit in nine different places on my body, mm. which I don't think I need to say more to the fact that I mean, as a grave, grave, non-intended human way of receiving energy, we're just not built to flow it like that, that quick. And that walk out of the woods, which is what occurred I was by myself, I woke up and just like, you know, you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, your body wakes you up and you start the walk. And Maybe you see something off in the morning, like, did I get up last night? I think I did. Hmm. You know, I mean, it was that kind of a walk uh, somewhere, not completely in the physical, up in the sub in, uh, in, in sort of a subconscious state. And I remember seeing my body. I remember looking down, seeing my body. I remember having just a more of an elementary level, simple, simplified conversation of, well, get up, man. Why are you laying down? Just very basic. And from getting up, I don't recall that walk. Um, it's a three mile journey to where I got and received help and was air flighted and found all the help to survive and be here with everybody today. And there's a portion of that journey that was left to a definite, un, you know, a place that I cannot recall. And I like to think about that as one of my more significant journeys and walks. And I leave, I want to just leave an image of the tortoise triumphantly going through the finish line with the ribbon that says finish and the hair behind him on the hillside, you know, in the Aesop's fable. And that was that walk for me. It was, there were so many moments where it was so much easier to just stay lying down and not even start your walk. So just getting to my, your feet, where am I going to go? It doesn't matter. Just go. You know, you, there's a, there's times where I knew where to go. I knew where to go, even though I don't recall it. And I, my, my conscious memory starts while walking on that road halfway to get help. And I just reflect on that often that in that moment, even when I had clarity, 
I thought, well, I'm going to cut this distance and just beeline it right down the hill. I'm just going to point my toes directly to help. I can see some houses now. I know where I am. I know I'm in grave danger. I know I'm walking to save my life. I'm going to go to those houses. So now I'm awake. I'm walking. I'm moving. I'm aware of my scenario. And a little, 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 that little bird on the left or right shoulder said, are you sure you want to cut the distance? Are you sure that going fast, quick, direct is what you need to do right now? And as I volleyed that back and forth in, in real time, no time, but in my mind, and it, I was, this was a court that was being held. Uh, one of the, you know, I, I've, I've rebelled, I've rebelled a, a lot in my life against the wise word. And in that moment, I heard the wise word and it was loud and clear. It was, if you go direct route, because you can. So, so the, the fight is not, can you? It's, of course, you can go the quick route. But if you fall or trip or step on a hole, you won't, that's it. You'll fall, you won't get up. You don't have that type of combustion left. So what I'm going to ch- whistle in your ear is just go the long way. Go the steady way. Go on the road. Just, just put the time in. And, and to this day, that walk serves me well in metaphor and literal application all the time. Hey, walk stars, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to this Morning Walk podcast. Hearing you say go the long way mm. definitely um, resonates deeply because I think a lot of us in life in general try to take shortcuts because we think we want to get to a place quicker than we actually need to when in fact we are right where we need to be in this moment. And so... I'm curious, as you were healing from being electrocuted and coming back to life as you as you know it, give or take, what did you learn about your healing process, about walking through the long way, about honoring where you were and how you've changed and how you're now navigating through life in this new capacity? Yeah. The hard question. So how, <laughs> how's that going now? Um, it's going, I'm aware. I'm aware that let's see 24. My injury was 2011. So 13 years later. I am, I am just, I am still in deep recovery and it's not an anchoring point that's weighted. It's it's mm-hmm. more of a kind of that lighthouse, right? It's like, no, I mean, I guess we're always in transition, right? It's um, so the journey now is to be patient with what it takes and it may not be as we define it. it, it you know, life, uh, life has, has a very beautiful, fantastic way of simply filling in. And whether we're conscious or unconscious, I think has a lot to do with sort of the colors we see every day, right? So to be unconscious about how life fills in 
could be pretty fairly oppressive, I would think. And on the other side, you know, the, the other walk, actually, Alex, I'll bring this into your question. The other walk, when I mentioned to Libby's question, which walks in my life, mm-hmm. the other one is really the walk I'm on now, which is um, honest ownership of self. That's the walk mm-hmm. today. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. celebrate the win. And if you're in a position to be celebrating, you're winning. So celebrate every day. I mean, they'd mm. be watching you jump into cold water, got me back into cold water. You know, I, I read something in high school when I was cutting out inbound drugs and drug use and figuring out how to get high. I, I joke on my own supplies, how I like to say it, but figuring out how to get lifted on, mm. you know, that tightness you feel after a workout, that's your body celebrating. I mean, that's a, that's, that's fine. That's the fine tuning in motion. And so uh, in high school, I would finish with cold showers and wake up because I wasn't, you know, doing anything else, no coffee, no nada. And um, so, yeah, finding ways to honor the creaky bones and the, the ways that are, and I don't ace it, but I'm hungry for it. So I'm looking, I'm learning. I, you know, my mom would say, you may not get it in this lifetime. And I've come to, for whatever your beliefs are, life's short. And, and so make the graduations you can and enjoy the journey. Celebrate, get loud, get funky. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, really, uh, freedom, it does not exist unless you are, unless you exemplify that freedom in a way, right? Mm. It, it doesn't really have a lot of power as a word. Mm. It's beautiful. Eduardo, you said something about, um, you know, that walk where you were walking yourself to life and to safety. And you said, I think a couple of times you said, I knew where I was. Mm. And that to me was really interesting. And I wonder what that sense was. I knew where I was, or I I know where I, I I know where I was, and does that still apply to how you are walking through life now? Because when you said that, I actually thought, oh my gosh, one of the things about walks for me is I know where I am, and what that means is both um, physically, spiritually, emotionally, I know where I am, and mm. there's not a lot of other noise, and so I guess. Say more about that. I just it re- really um, had a lot of energy for me when you said that. I that during that walk in particular, and perhaps it continues that you knew where you were and what that what that felt like, what that means. Yeah. Uh, well, it's simply for that day, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, um, but I, I just don't think there was a. I'll take it both ways. So, in on that day the hourglass in my life had come to a very fine passing point. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting about the conversation is that in this context, we are here on earth in the physical to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> you know, like I had to reboot Google Chrome just to be here. So I'm pretty sure I'm here with everybody and had to do all this. <laughs> Yet in that moment, I really, I think that I was so sort of untethered mm which like, like if you get hit by something hard energetically, 2,400 volts, anything else, uh, it unseats you. It untethers you. It, it, like now you're out there. And sometimes we may need some, some of that to sort of see the new perspective, get a new lay of the land. 
But in that moment, it had me really focused on, do you want to live or not? And mm. I wasn't stressed out in the moment looking at my body. It was, it was really pure. It was just, <laughs> it brought me to one of my core loves of myself, which is curiosity. And I, I just, I, more than anything, I probably was up there going like, what are you doing down there, man? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we got stuff to do, you know? Mm. And um, so in the literal now, um, that same focus point between two visible sides, where it's going, where it's coming from, is sort of, that, that's kind of what keeps me in play right now is I, mm. I every day I wake up and I am blessed. I, 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 I um, have, with the support of many and in communion with everything, have created a place where I can selfishly choose my course every day. Mm-hmm. And that's, so every day is that passage of the hourglass. Like, I mean, what if we kind of did it every day, not to sort of count the time, but to remain focused, to know that we're consistently coming to a point of decision all the time. Mm-hmm. And imagine what would happen if we played ball on both sides. So we weren't so unsure about where it's going just knowing sort of right reason, right motive, right cause that's going into the funnel, then just funnel it, you know? And that's, that's what cold plunging I think teaches is holy. I don't, I'm not, ah, (laughs) this is interesting. This is nice. You know, uh, and everything just even being on a podcast, you know, saying I'm going to speak, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to say it. Um, so agency is, you know, really benefited with focus. I think, and transparency in that hourglass metaphor, I think, brings purity back to that focus. Because oftentimes we're working so focused on goals that we actually don't see the other side because we're not working mm-hmm. for ourselves. We are not doing it for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. I think that walking practice is that is the investment in self. I love I love the metaphor of it here and the reality of it um, with this group mm-hmm. within this talk. Um, you know, you got to show up for it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite questions that Alex uh, often asks is, uh, what is it right now that you're walking with, through, next to? What is, what's in that space now? What is, I know it's a puppy. <laughs> no, there's, the, the puppy is so fun. I'm not going to make it too heavy because he's just fun. And a ball of fur and teeth. Uh, it's so beautiful to see the lightness and my wife celebrated again through this Mm. little being, um, we met with a dog in our lives. And so it was naturally, uh, hard to see that relation end this last year. And so walking through our journey as young newlyweds, I mean, you know, this is a space that, um, for, I think we all know much of the gosh, the nuance you, you've had in your career, Libby, but for, you know, um, when I knew that you had married friends of ours, I thought, oh, that is the perfect energy holder if she's willing. And so, you know, you've been an intimate part of my marriage and and we're journeying through that and it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's incredibly honest and challenging. And yet that's from a real selfish point, which I'm trying to share in this talk that I think that's a great way to just get focused 
right? But you, you got to give some, your cup can't be full every day. And so knowing that we can have a, you know, a not so full cup and it's going to be okay, makes room for the rest of this. So letting go a lot, right? That's a lot of my journey right now is I don't have to do it. I don't have to build that. I don't have to be right. I, I have a, if, I, if I'm driven to one thing, if I could ask for one last meal, just to be, get educated, just teach me something mm. like feed me that. Like, mm-hmm. like what a blessing, <laughs> like what to have to be taught. And so learning a lot, how to, uh, our friend Duke Stump would say, um, you know, like you got to quiet your cleverness and mm. I'm trying not to quiet my cleverness too much cause I love it, but I'm trying to definitely, there's so many other individuals like yourselves that have such clarity of focus on their side. And so I'm trying to build kind of a very colorful quiver of, friends, family, professionals, all aligned at shaking some equity into what we do. And that's a real, real interesting oxygenating space for me right now is I'm trying not to let it overconsume me, but you know, when something pulls at you, we all been there. I hope, I think, you know, so trying to figure out food. That's a big journey for me right now is I recognize that I'm pretty simple eater and consumer and I read there's a a lot of fetishized seasoning blends have kind of come and gone from my everyday use. Right. So I, it's the contextual ones, the ones that are gritty, the ones that are the whole wheat varietals, you know, I'm, I'm really drawn to the work it takes right now. Like the, Mm. even as I'm 42 and achy and things hurt and all of this, I, I'm trying to lean harder at it because I haven't really witnessed anything out here in the natural world that takes its foot off the gas. And so I find a lot of inspiration by leaning into the heartbeat and Mm. try not to be so overbearing with my enthusiasm. And I know that sounds off probably I'm not trying to put myself down, but that's the making room for others, right? Like I love listening to someone else play music, right? So Hmm. Something that I talk to my um, clients and students about a lot is releasing to receive. So mm-hmm. as we yeah. start winding down our conversation, I'm curious how you would fill in the blanks of what I'm about to ask. I am releasing blank to receive what? Hmm. Hmm. I, the first two words that came to those blanks are, I am releasing desire to receive distribution, which I guess is a double word, but Mm. I dream of just seeing everybody fed. And that is a metaphor for my life. It is Mm. my, I don't work in food without so much else happening. So I I don't get to keep being that 25 year old that saw a heart get held by a lunch and mass without a unified I hear you just happening like a holler back. Mm -hmm. And in my desire for that, I I can shut a lot of doors and I can forget a lot of my core relations and I can Mm. get too in my hole, Mm -hmm. too Boston Terrier for the gopher in the hole, head down. So I I release that desire to receive, I guess that gift back that I'm trying to give, right? Like it's, I don't want to just give to not also receive. Mm. But if I'm too desirous, I won't make room for anyone else to give. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. I, I still need to be, hey. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eduardo, I could listen to you all day long. Um, and uh, thank you for going on this walk with us. Do you have a walk queued up with that puppy this afternoon? I do. I do. And I'll, I'll add this. I, I knew I wanted to share this coming in. And I know that the literal walk is not necessarily the call to action here, but definitely a catalyzing part of this. And um, when our puppy passed last July, when, when I had met my wife and her dog, Vita, our dog, I made, and when we moved in together, I said, I'm going to walk with you every morning and every evening or twice a day because you're so loyal. You're so devoted to us. And yet you just hang and hold all the time for us. I mean, and, and it became self-serving because I, I was outside. I was watching the patterns of the world happen every day on the day in the morning and the evening, such alchemical times. And when she passed last July, all of a sudden I got all this time back. And then all of a sudden I realized I wasn't walking and then I saw the grass grow back in our path and I realized I hadn't seen the flicker and I hadn't seen the heron and I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen the skeeters on the water and I hadn't noticed the last cycle of fall to winter. And I tried going once on my own and I cried and I did not go back again, not to not cry, but just to just, I was so easy to go into other things. And with this puppy, um, I went back on a walk recently and we'll do again to your question, Libby. And um, when I noticed my hips start hurting this December, I couldn't figure out why or what, and my ankles and my feet. And then it kind of dawned on me, well, I haven't been doing my tithe every day. I haven't been out just gently moving my being, you know, adding energy back in the dirt with every step. And so that's, uh, that's the walk I have queued up is sort of just this daily practice to self. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I suspected that, and this puppy, little blue, was uh, perhaps an invitation back out onto the trail for for all three of you. And uh, yeah. so, watching from over here, watching you all get back on the on the trail was really, really beautiful. And I will say, as someone is about to turn sixty two and those achy hips and achy feet, here's how I view my walks. <laughs> Which is, you know, when you pick up and you hold, um, you hold a baby, or and you just naturally start rocking, right? You hold, you just from one foot to the other, you sort of mm-hmm. sway, and it's this beautiful, gentle kind of. It's almost like a massage. So that's how I view these walks, and maybe mm-hmm. that to share that with you, which is part of part of the physicalness of this walk is this kind of gentle, loving. As you said, these walks are for you, but it's that sort of that feeling of holding a body and um, that beautiful sort of swaying that is, um, I don't know, it's a gesture that I think is really gentle, beautiful, healing. And so sometimes when I feel achy, that's how I imagine that I'm holding this beautiful body and rocking it the way we would if we were holding someone little and tender. Uh, So, As we are. I love that. As we are. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. I love you dearly. And uh, I can't wait for the next time I see you and we go for our walk and 
forage for some golden morels, which I think is what we did last time. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you, Ed- Eduardo. This was wonderful. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the questions and thank you for the invitation, Alex and Libby both, and to everyone else who plugged in. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest gifts is to have space to be heard. So Mm. appreciate it. And we'll talk to everyone soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Loved you so. (laughs) This Morning Walk is a production of Blind Nil Audio, hosted by me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena. Produced and edited by Chris Jacobs. If you find value and meaning in the conversations that Libby and I have, please share the show with a friend and consider leaving a five-star review. Comments on Apple Podcasts really help us out. When you do that, it introduces this show to a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening. You are wonderful. Have a great walk. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Blind Nail Audio, nor Magnolia.